Thanks for joining us on History Makers. Today we're speaking to Dr. Robbie Sonderegger, clinical psychologist, renowned for taking psychology from the front line to the home front. Now, I've heard of Dr. Robbie uh, mainly through Facebook and Twitter, funnily enough. I've seen him. He's been speaking at Hillsong. He's been speaking at different church conferences and women's nights and uh, all sorts of places all around Australia and all, all around the world. Uh, he really is um, uh, a real gifted communicator. How are you, mate? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks, Matt. Now, Robbie, my first connection with you was through Focus on the Family, knowing that you are passionately an advocate for strengthening families. Um, you're the Chief Executive of Family Challenge Australia. But more recently, Robbie, I heard you speak about staying in the slipstream of creativity. Now, you're talking to two creatives here, both Matt and myself, and I just loved your focus on combining creativity with psychology and spirituality. Can you just give our listeners a kickstart? What is that all about, the slipstream? One of the most pervasive observations throughout history is that creative people kind of border uh, along that thin edge or that line we call it madness. And That's uh, you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. So we're going to psychoanalyze you this morning, Matt. And I hope you're lying down, prepare to answer questions about your mother. <laughs> In reality, um, you know, creative people uh, often experience the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, and, and stereotypically we describe them as melancholic. But whenever we hear the word melancholy, most of us, you know, just go to thinking about, you know, depression. But there is a flip side, and the, the other half of melancholy is that we, we do experience incredible great highs and that is when we do become creative um, however if we get too high um, we we start to become productive and mad not creative we, we we step outside of that creative slipstream and so the real question for most creative people is how do I actually stay in the zone now dr. Robbie uh, you've been speaking at um, a lot of different uh, events uh, around the country as I just mentioned before uh, tell me what's what's like the number one message that you'd like to bring to, to people in Australia um, uh, there's lots of messages that I'm passionate about, but the number one is, is I'm an advocate for, for strengthening families. And if there is ever a chance that I can, you know, celebrate the value of family um, and strengthening the core for children to grow up in a in a solid environment, you know, to be able to promote the relationship between mom and dad and uh, and help equip them with good parenting skills so as to set that young child up for life and, and help them reach their potential. Well, well, what a fantastic, you know, opportunity that we have. To, to speak, you know, from stage and, and speak into people's lives in that way. So you're a husband. How many kids do you have? <laughs> Dare I say, we have four children. Four. May the fourth be with us. And how old are they? Uh, they kind of range in age between eight and six months. So, uh, so young little tackers that keep us on our toes. Now, I'm always curious uh, when I meet someone for the first time, and I've got a feeling you and I are going to get to know each other well. What <laughs> I want to know is a little bit about your Christian faith. So were you raised as a Christian? Did you convert as a teenager? How did you come to Christ? You know, like uh, I guess a lot of kids, I grew up in church, going to church, um, you know, learning about, you know, the various different um, aspects of, of one's faith, but uh, learning about it more at an academic level, um, the ins and outs of, say, religion, as opposed to having a, a direct 
personal experience of what it means to to have faith. So so I've I've come to this you know realization that the the very last thing Jesus wanted to do was start yet another religion, but that he came to start a relationship, and he came to start it with me. Um, and thank God for that. And so it's not about this dogma and you know rules and regulations. It's about this intimate journey and an adventure that I get to go on um, with you know the creator of the universe. And I think that that that's a real honor and privilege and what an opportunity to uh, to do so uh, so yeah that's that's been my journey over the last number of years as an adult and I love the fact that you are so adventurous I mean you're a great Aussie you know no bounds and over the past 15 years I've read that you've gone from being a celebrity snowboard instructor to the rich and famous as in Prince Charles and Harry to a humanitarian activist go back and first of all tell us about the snowboarding <laughs> Well, it seems like a past life ago now. Um, you know, back in the days, I used to work in, in Switzerland in a little ski resort called Klosters, um, which is where all the, you know, the rich and famous tend to come. And, uh-huh. and as, a, as an Australian, you know, of course, I speak English. And so when, when the who's who from, from the UK came on over, um, by default, not because I was any good, but because I could just speak <laughs> You happened to be there. So, uh, so you know what? There was a, it was a tremendous opportunity for a young, strapping lad in my mid twenties to to have such tremendous experiences. But now, I think we're uh, we're engaging in experiences which are far more uh, meaningful and purposeful, yes. maybe less glamorous. They don't get the headlines as much, but uh, but certainly, um, yeah, it's a it's an exciting life. But we do have to ask, what is Charles and Harry like? Well, I don't know what they're like now, but certainly way back in the day, <laughs> in the mid-90s, they were actually really, really wonderful people. I was, wow. I was surprised by how genuine and, uh, and just, you know, well, well-mannered and everyday normal people that they were. And, you know, when we go out to dinner, we just hang out and joke and talk. And, and uh, so, I, you know, you, you get one perception from the media, but, uh, but my reality was, was completely different to what I'd seen. And it was, it was a real pleasant surprise. Okay, now, you're talking about these days, you've obviously got a lot of great causes you support and uh, you've known as being a voice for children whose cry goes unheard. Uh, you're really passionate about child soldiers and sex slaves being freed. Tell us about uh, that side of the ministry you're involved with. Well, we work around the world, uh, rightly, as you said, with, with children who have been abducted and used as child soldiers or, or have been caught up in in the landscape of war or perhaps natural disaster or more commonly these days have been trafficked for, uh, for sex purposes. But it's not just kids on the front line, it's also kids on the home front. You know, our kids are taken advantage of on a daily basis with, you know, the prolific sexualized culture that we live in and, and free unregulated access to, say, internet pornography. And so we want to make sure that we stick up for these kids' rights as well and that they don't have to have this stuff, you know, rammed down their throat um, mm. just because some sick and twisted adults want to make sure that they gain access, that they gain their access. Mm. And so with regard to trauma, I mean, you've been involved... Um, as an expert consultant in trauma associated with exploitation, like you're saying, and war, but also on the home front, homes, families. Um, yeah, what's what's your passion there with those kids? Well, I guess it's easy to get caught up and get bitter and twisted with this, you know, broken world as to all this tra- tragedy and travesty. But, you know, the other half of the story is that there's, there's good news out there and that children who have been, you know, traumatised, even if they've experienced the worst of the worst, 
there's still hope and, and that message of hope is really tangible. So we have systematically over the last decade or so rolled out uh, trauma rehabilitation programs in, uh, in countries all around the world um, with literally tens upon tens of thousands of graduates uh, from these programs. Mm. And I guess one of the best things is just to listen to their testimony as to how their life can be transformed, even through simple things like the power of forgiveness and reconciliation. Um, there, is, there is transformation available. So it's really good news. Now, I'm just reading through some of the topics that you cover. Um, uh, you do topics like stress management with a difference, uh, managing work-life work balance, um, uh, conflict resolution strategies. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of people these days that are so stressed, are so overworked, are so busy that they don't take time to stop uh, and spend time with their family and also stop and spend time with God. Um, what's your advice to those that are listening now that are just so flat out and they feel like they need to just have a break or, or even have a Sabbath? What's your advice to them? You know what, my, they, they already know what the answer is. Everyone knows what the answer is. You know, we, we hear it all the time, you know, sleep well, eat well. Well, exercise well, make sure you've got good social relationships and a good personal uh, life with God, you know, thought life good and healthy and positive. We know this stuff. The challenge is um, sometimes we just can't get ourselves motivated or organized enough to, to get it in play. And when you talk about stress management and, and these types of themes or conflict resolution, um, you know, there are some cutting-edge, fantastic discoveries that are being made in neuroscience. And, and our role is to take this complicated and complex information and, and translate it into everyday language that uh, people will be able to understand um, and practically be equipped to be motivated, to, to become ready for change and, uh, and then have the, the, the building blocks necessary to invoke what we would like to refer to as sustainable change. So it's not just a New Year's resolution, right, this year I'm going to make more time, um, but that we can actually follow through on the resolutions that we make. And, and that's, I guess, that's, that's what I'm passionate about doing. Well, mate, if we could just keep you on the line for a few more minutes, I've just got a few other questions. that I'm, I'm fascinated about some of these topics that you tackle here. Um, one of them, uh, you're talking about uh, preventing drug and alcohol abuse uh, in kids. Now, you know, we've just launched a youth group at our church and we're um, uh, trying to outreach. And, you know, we actually had a youth camp and I think it was 18 out of the 20 kids at the youth camp were from broken homes. Uh, and, you know, the statistics are, you know, that kids that have had a broken home, you know, that there's a higher rate of all sorts of troubles in their life. I won't go into the, the stats now, but um, for, uh, advice for young people uh, that may be uh, leaning towards, you know, that lifestyle where they could uh, end up with drug and alcohol abuse or, you know, um, uh, being unwise sexually. What's your advice to parents and, you know, even to youth leaders who are trying to reach out to the generation of youth about how to prevent kids going down that lifestyle? You know, it is an uphill battle. Um, it's, in essence, a little bit like raking water uphill when there seem to be so many odds stacked against us. And as you mentioned, the, the, the rates of family breakdown these days, you know, I read a statistic just yesterday that said the, the rate has increased by, by well, it's pretty much doubled in the last generation alone in terms wow. of the number of children who uh, won't reach their 15th birthday um, in an intact family. And, uh, and so, of course, with these challenges, you know, of course, it, you know, it sets us up um, to be predisposed to mental health challenges and addictions and so on and so forth. But it's not an excuse. Uh, these things are, are challenges, sure, but there are ways in which we can overcome it. And, and what has happened in our past does not have to determine our future. You know, I'm fond of saying it's not the waves that drive your boat. It's the captain at the helm that mm. steers the ship. And you get to determine where you want to go next. And look, drug and alcohol issues 
are less about the drugs and the alcohol. We, we, we kind of want to communicate to kids, you know, this is how bad this thing is, and which is good and healthy and well, but we need to go much further and, and talk about integrity and character and identity and purpose. And if we can, you know, tackle these things, then we discover truly what we're worth. And when you value something, you take care of it. And if you value yourself, you look after yourself. And so these are the, these are the pathways in order to, to get under the skin of a young person to be able to create sustainable change. And Robbie, you've spent many years developing and validating evidence-based early intervention and effective treatment programs for all of those things, behavioural, emotional disorders. Um, Family Challenge Australia, it's a nationally registered mental health charity, is that right? Yeah, and it's also a a local psychology clinic. We have a, a team of doctors um, who all do the same thing. So we've done something unique in Australia where we've standardised our policies and procedures when it comes to therapy because, you know, if we're going to be honest for a second, if you, if you get a referral to a psychologist, you don't really know what you're going to yeah. get. You know, they're going to hypnotise me or they're going to drug yes. me or they're going to regress me back to their childhood. Or, well, so we want to make sure that what we give is evidence-based, research-driven, outcome-oriented and ethically centred and so that you can have an expectation that you're going to get results. And so as a, as a, as a way of doing that... We We've taken all of these programs and standardized them in the way in which we treat clients so that if you come and see me, you'll get the same service if you see any other of my doctors. And, uh, and so the, there's, there's a clear expectation. And we have a goal to be able to roll this out nationwide in the next five years. And how many are in your team, Robbie? We only have eight psychologists at the moment, uh, but we have a list of 25 or so uh, upcoming you know, young movers and shakers who, uh, who we're looking to, uh, to bring on board and, uh, and groom and, uh, and you know, I guess mould into master practitioners to be able to impact this nation for good in the next season. And are the key players in that team Christian? Well, we're not a Christian organisation as per se. We're a professional organisation, but it is certainly great when you have people who are of like mind um, who can come along and make sure that that what you're reading in neuroscience it actually does um, stack up with what the, the Bible says. And actually, that's one of our most fascinating observations, that some of the breakthroughs that are coming out now uh, continually validate what the Bible's been saying all along. You know, the Bible is not just truth for Christian people. The, the Bible is one big therapy book. It's truth that's relevant <laughs> for everyone. Yeah. And uh, so these principles, um, they're, they're relevant for it doesn't matter who you are and how old you are. Well, we've got to wrap it up now. But before we go, probably the most important question I want to ask you, Dr. Robbie, uh, you, you obviously, uh, you shared about how you came to Christ, you know, there might be people listening to this that have never made that commitment uh, to uh, respond to the gospel and become a Christian. Would you want to just share what is the gospel and, and how would people respond to it? I think there's a lot of confusion um, around what the gospel is and, and you know, often it, it dates back to our own childhood experiences of possibly going to a, a church and, you know, there might have been a, a man dressed in a dress and, you know, there's all sorts of different, you know, uh, experiences that we can have that, that leave us confused. Um, and sometimes, especially these days, young people, they don't have any experience at all. So they're really quite, what, what is this thing? And, and who is this guy? And what did he come to do? And, and why did he have to, to die? And, and it's, a, it's a love story at the end of the day uh, about, you know, somebody who is so passionate about um, their children that uh, they would do anything to rescue them out of the trap that they've fallen into. And, uh, and this love story says that, that they would go so far as to sacrifice their own son so as to uh, welcome us back into relationship with him, that there's nothing that you can do that can earn 
God's love and there's nothing that you can do that's so bad that would make him love you any less. Mm. He just loves you and wants to extend you this gift freely um, and that you are also equipped with the choice as to whether or not you want to take it. So there's no hard pressure. There's no dogmatic, you know, you must do this right now. It's, it's just a simple invitation. Why don't you come over for dinner? And, uh, and if you do, um, there's an expectation that you conduct yourself in, in a way that's courteous so that when you do welcome yourself into the family as you have been invited, um, you conduct yourself in a particular manner which is respectful, um, which adheres to the invitation. And so that's, that's the walk of a Christian who's passionate about um, honoring um, the, the host who has been so generous uh, with the invitation. Well, mate, that is such good news. And if people want to respond to that, uh, the website to go to for Dr. Robbie Sondrega is drrobbie.com. That's R-O-B-I.com. Or you can go to familychallenge.com.au uh, to find out more. Mate, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Hope great. you guys enjoyed it too. Yeah, great to chat, Robbie. Love your heart, love your passion. Thanks so much for joining us on History Makers today. You know, the vision of History Makers is to spread the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. We're now on over 58 radio stations around Australia and Pacific nations, and we're so excited about the opportunity we have to broadcast the good news on the airwaves. If you would like to make a donation, please go to our website, historymakersradio.com. There you can also download interviews. We've got some great web links and some great information for you about following Jesus. So please go to historymakersradio.com. I'm Matt Prater. God bless. Go and make history.